Let us pray. (laughs) Gracious Father, we thank you. We thank you that you sent your Son into this world so that we can be right with you. Lord, as we contemplate what it means to be righteous, pour down your Holy Spirit on us. Help us to understand how we are right with you. Help us also to get rid of any thoughts that are are not righteous thoughts or not good ways of thinking about righteousness. And loving Father, we ask that you pour your Holy Spirit into us and you remind us that you do love us and that we do have a future with you forever. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. I would say the word righteousness is one of those words that kind of, every time I hear it, I uh, kind of worry about it. And it's one of, I think it's one of the most dangerous words if it's not understood correctly. And it's dangerous for two reasons. One is that some people, and you probably know some people, who think they are righteous, who think they are more righteous than others. They act that way, they think that way, they talk that way, they judge others that way. And that's where it can be dangerous in the church. Now, we might not use the word righteous, that I'm righteous, but we do act sometimes more righteous than others. We act as if we've got a better understanding of God. Sometimes it's intellectual. Sometimes it's, oh, we're better Christians because we do more or be better than others. Sometimes we even say or imply that we're better by saying, Well, we're Lutheran, and that's not quite Lutheran. It's another form of righteousness. So that's one of the dangers. But the other danger is, and you may have experienced this too, where you don't feel good enough. You don't feel like you're righteous or good enough for God. And so today's reading, um, which is one of three accounts of Jesus' baptism, reveals to us very something very important about righteousness. Gives us perspective, God's perspective, of what righteousness means. And it starts to introduce and open us up to further New Testament understanding of righteousness. And that is righteousness is a gift from God. Righteousness is a gift from God. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptised by John... But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptised by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so. It is proper for us to do this to fulfil all righteousness. Then John consented. And so, three questions for us to think about, not just today as we talk, but also in our life, is what is righteousness? What does it look like? And particularly, what does it look like from God's perspective, not a worldly perspective? Because I can tell you, there is a worldly perspective of righteousness, which means that you must look prim and proper, that you must look appropriate, that you, must, that you never swear, that you never smell, that you, everything looks good. And that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about today is what is God's righteousness. So that's a question to ask. What is righteousness from God's perspective? The second thing is, for us, is how do I be righteous? And what does it mean for me to be righteous? And the third question for us is, how does it affect you and me? How does it affect us as a community? 
How does righteousness affect us? If we look at the Old Testament and the New, we see righteousness is throughout both the Old and the New Testament. There is at some places within both the Old and the New Testament an indication that righteousness, righteousness is about obeying God. But we also see Jesus call the Pharisees righteous and attacking them for their righteousness because they had a man-made righteousness and that was a righteousness that says, I'm better than you. Right? So that gives us an indication that if we're going to have godly righteousness, it shouldn't display be displayed in us that we are better than somebody else. But rather righteousness from a biblical perspective, a New Testament, a Jesus perspective is being right with or being justified with God. It's about being in a right relationship with God. And when you dive into the Old Testament, many people think our righteousness in the Old Testament is all about what we do and about us obeying the law, but that's not looking deep enough in the Old Testament because when you look in the Old Testament, what you see is righteousness is really comes from God. It's about what God is doing. In Isaiah chapter 51, verse 5, we hear, My righteousness draws near speedily, my salvation is on the way. And then in Psalm 71, verse 2, we hear, In your righteousness, rescue me and deliver me. Turn your ear to me and save me. And so righteousness, both in the Old and the New Testament, has this sense of what God is doing and related to salvation. And that's what our gospel reading today reveals again to us. That righteousness is not more, what about what we do for God to prove to God we're good enough, but about what God is giving us. And so our reading today indicates, and so does further readings in the New Testament, is that righteousness, for us to be righteous, we need to be in a relationship with God. Because righteousness comes from that relationship with Jesus. It's not something we earn to earn, do to earn that relationship with Jesus. And there are many Christians who sometimes act and think that way. There are many people in the secular society that act and think that. And there's definitely most religions think you're going to have a good relationship with God, you've got to do good stuff first. But that's not what Jesus reveals when he comes to earth. He reveals that if you want righteousness, have a relationship with him, it'll come from him. He talked about in today's reading that he's come to fulfil all righteousness. And then Paul writing to the church, and this is the, I would say, this is the verse that changed the course of Christianity as we know it. Because this is the verse that Martin Luther set off a light bulb in Martin Luther's mind to say, our relationship with God's not dependent on us, but our relationship with God is dependent on what God is doing for us. When he read Romans chapter 1, verse 17, he heard, For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. So this idea of righteousness, being right, is not about what we do. First, it's about what God has done for us and is doing for us 
particularly through Jesus. And so I encourage you to think about that. I encourage you to think about what does it mean for me to gain righteousness from Jesus? Or in other words, how is my relationship going with Jesus? Am I spending time with Jesus regularly? Am I listening to his word? And am I allowing Jesus to rub off on me? Is Jesus a priority in my life? Because it's from our relationship with Jesus that we will receive righteousness. Romans chapter 3, verse 21 to 22 says, But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Now you may think, and you may think in your mind when you hear the word righteousness, I know this person, they're righteous, they're a good person, they're a good-hearted person, they give a lot of money, well, they're always nice, they never swear, well, they're always caring. But the true test, if they're a righteous person, is not what they do first, it's whether they have a relationship with Jesus. From God's perspective, the only righteous people are those who have a relationship with Jesus. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. So remember that. Your righteousness starts with and relies on Jesus. What he has done and will do for you. I encourage you to keep that Hold that tightly as part of your life. That you are right. When I said to the kids at their baptism, God accepted them into the family. God, they hadn't proved anything. One of the, one of the discussions that we have often around with infant baptism is infant baptism reminds us that it's not about what we do to have a relationship with God, but about what God's doing for us. Primarily. That God says, you are my child, my loved child. Just as he says to Jesus, you are my son with whom I'm well pleased. And it's interesting, today's reading from, Jesus, from the baptism of Jesus, it's the first time we see Jesus speaking in Matthew. He hasn't done anything and God still says he's pleased with him. And it's because Jesus is on the path, on the path of fulfilling his mission and ministry to show the world that God truly loves them and doesn't want to condemn them. The other interesting part about today's reading is that Jesus invites you and me to be part of helping others to be righteous. Now, he's not asking us to die on the cross for them. But he is inviting us to help others. And we don't need to be perfect. The story of John should remind us that we can help others now without being perfect. We don't have to have it all together. We don't have to have all the correct theology. We don't have to have all the information. We don't even have to have perfect-looking lives from the, from the rest of the world's point of view to help others. Verse 15 says, Jesus replied, let it be so now, it is proper for us 
to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. God has, this is the way God has chosen to act in this world. Not alone, not above us and say, look how great I am. Right? I don't need any of you plebs. God goes, come and help me. Come and be part of my ministry and mission. Come and be my church. Be active. And you don't need to be perfect to do so. John wasn't perfect. But if we do so, let us adopt, let's adopt the stance, the approach of John, recognising that we are not perfect, recognising that it's not about us. It's not about us and about how good we are. It's not about us having it all together or being control freaks that nobody can enter our lives in case they may see our imperfections. It's not about us and people slapping us on the back and saying, well done, you're great. Rather, let's adopt the stance of John who basically says to Jesus, I'm not good enough. Remember a couple of verses earlier? What? You, you want me to baptise you? You should be baptising me. And so for each of us, yes, we are called to be people involved in Jesus' ministry. And you can do it right now. I encourage you to think about the people that are currently in your life. How many of them are some distance from Jesus? The true Jesus, the Jesus of gospel. How many of the people in your life think it's about them having to do stuff to prove themselves? Well, how many people do you know that even doubt whether God loves them or has given them a future? Occasionally I'll visit people in a hospital and sometimes, and I'll come to a good story of visiting people in a hospital in a few moments, but sometimes people have a, I think, a sad story and they'll say things like, oh, pastor, I'm not quite sure if I'm going to heaven. And yet they've been a Christian and attending church most of their life. And usually the discussion goes along the lines of, why? Why don't, oh, I'm not quite sure I'm good enough. And my response is often, well, I don't think I'm good enough either, except, except that we have Jesus and that makes us both good enough. And so I encourage you to continue to hold on to this faith that God has given you that Jesus is the one that makes you righteous, makes you good enough for God. And in doing so, help others. So think about the people. Think about the people in your life who either think they have to prove to the world and prove to God they're good. And often that can lead to either pride, isolation because they don't want anyone to see all their flaws. They can be control freaks. Or it can lead to depression. And that's where it led Luther before he discovered that verse in Romans chapter 1, verse 17. The other part about righteousness, this righteousness from God is not simply going, yep, when I get to the pearly gates, when I get to heaven, God's going to let me in, it's guaranteed, but I don't have to worry about it till then. And that's again how some people treat Christianity. This righteousness that Jesus is giving us 
should affect us now and does affect us now. For a start, it removes doubt and gives us this guarantee that I've spoken about. But the righteousness that is by faith says, do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to put Christ down. Or who will descend into the deep? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near to you. It is on your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Righteousness is not meant to create a doubt in your mind. It's not meant to create you as an inferior person. Righteousness from Jesus gives you this surety that you have a life with God forever. It gives you this surety that God is always loving you and God always wants to welcome you. It gives you this surety that if you trust and believe what Jesus has done on the cross and through the empty tomb, you don't need to stress or worry about whether you have a future. You see, sometimes when I visit people in hospital, particularly on the deathbed, and I love these stories, and I can, there's a number that come to mind, but there was the story of people on their deathbed witnessing to their family. Right? Witnessing to their family. And often the scenario goes something like this. Oh, Grandma, I'm going to miss you. I love you. I miss you. I'm going to miss you. Oh, I'm so sad. I'm, you're dying. And Grandma's response is, don't be sad. I'm going to heaven because I trust Jesus. I believe in Jesus. Can you please have a good relationship with Jesus? What a great witness. Not pointing to herself, but pointing to Jesus. Because Jesus is the only one that guarantees. If it was up to you and your righteousness, what do you think would happen when you die and got to the pearly gates? Jimmy, what would you think would happen that you died, you got to the pearly gates, and you're sitting there in God and you go... God, I'm coming to heaven because I've played in a band at St Paul's. I did this hard work, hard work. I've looked after my family. And you put down your list of right things, the good things you've done. What do you reckon is going to happen? <laughs> You'll probably laugh and pull out another list. You're saying, oh yeah, you've got this little list here, but what about this big list? Huh? But he's going to do one more thing, if that's true. Simply, Jimmy, tell me, do you trust and believe in Jesus? That's what guarantees us a life with God forever. But righteousness that comes from Jesus also affects us now because it leads to righteous living. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray the one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. And it's not saying that you do righteousness to prove you're righteous. You do righteous things because you are righteous. You allow Jesus to shape your life. You allow your relationship with God to affect who you are. 
Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23 to 24 says, You were taught to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Did you realise that? Do you realise you are created to be like God? Whenever I hear that, that guy goes, oh, that ups the ante, right? My actions, my love, my service, my caring is not about proving to people how good I am, but it's about serving them. If I'm created to be like Jesus, it's about serving people, serving people humbly. It's not a pompous holiness that we're called to live or a pompous righteousness or a righteousness that puts others down even by the way we act, but it's a, it's a righteousness that is humble, that serves people with gentleness and care and love because it comes from Jesus. And so this is why we encourage to read the Bible daily, to read the Bible regularly, to allow what Jesus says to affect us. As I said earlier, but living without Jesus does not lead to God. People can have man-made, human-made righteousness, look like they're doing right things, like giving heaps of money to causes, which are good things to do, but that's not, that's not going to improve their relationship with God. Galatians chapter 2, verse 21 makes this clear. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. We are called to be righteous by relying on Jesus. And our relationship with Jesus should lead us to a life of loving others and caring for others, helping others. But we shouldn't be putting our hope in those things to say, we're in heaven. We should be only putting our hope in Jesus because that's the only thing that makes us good enough. So what does it mean to live righteously? First, accept the gift of righteousness. Don't try to prove your righteousness. Simply accept it. Secondly, live a life relying on what Jesus has done and is doing for you. Live with the assurity that you will be in heaven. One of the saddest stories I heard was a lady who went to church regularly, and it was in another denomination, went to church regularly, and she said, I haven't sinned for 15 years. Look how good I am. That's not the righteousness that we're called to have. In fact, she probably misunderstood some of the things in her life that were good were in fact sin. She was relying on her works rather than Jesus. And as that passage in Galatians reminds us is, don't do that. Thirdly, make your relationship with Jesus the priority. I'd like you to think about your relationship with Jesus. Is it a priority? Or is it something that just fits in whenever things happen? 
Are you spending time reading the word? Are you spending time worshipping? Are you spending time with other Christians to encourage them and to help them? Are you spending time allowing Jesus to affect who you are? And lastly, be shaped by Jesus. Be shaped by Jesus, which will help you bear the fruits of righteousness, which will help you reveal God to the people you know. There's a story of two gentlemen, both born into the same family, same father, same mother, both went to church, both remained in the church for their entire life. One was very happy with the way church was. The other was very miserable. And what was the difference between the two? Well, the one that was very happy recognised that everything is a gift from God and that not everybody always gets it. Not everybody's on the same page, that everybody needs God's love and forgiveness, that everybody needs God's patience. And so he continued to serve in his church, but he served with an atmosphere, atmosphere and an attitude of grace because he understood that his righteousness, his relationship with God came from God. The other one, on the other hand, was committed to following God, but was never sure he was good enough. Was always had lots of pressure on himself and rules, and he would sometimes judge people and question whether certain people were really Lutheran or Christian in the church would actually question at times whether he was going to heaven and would stress about anything that went wrong and couldn't handle much change in the church either because he was so concerned about getting everything perfect. Which one of those do you believe live with God's righteousness, true righteousness that came from Jesus? Well, they both were given it. But I believe the first one was the one that took seriously what it meant to live as a righteous person in the house of God. Which one would you prefer to be? I encourage you to live in a righteous way, a way that receives God's grace and love, but also reflects the grace and love that God has for us. So others too can know that they are right with God, no matter who they are, no matter where they've been or where they've come from. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the righteousness, the gift of righteousness you give us through Jesus. Pour down your Holy Spirit on every person here, on every Christian. May they know that their future with you and their present state with you is totally a gift from you. Heavenly Father, help us, help us in our journey with you to recognise your righteousness, to recognise what Jesus has done and how much he loves us. And Lord, may that affect who we are and how we go about life. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.